Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well, having a great day, evening, weekend, whenever it is you might be sitting down and listening to this podcast. This week we are jumping right into things. My guest on the podcast is Derek Shaw. Now, Derek, uh, you might be familiar with him. He's wrestling predominantly out in the Pacific Northwest. He actually trained down in Foley's Dojo in New Zealand, where former guest of the show Tony Kazina actually trains. So Derek talks about his experiences there, being there through two intakes, staying there during the pandemic, and what that was all like, because, I mean, everything was shut down and he was in a foreign country. So he talks about that, cooking for Foley, and just the experiences throughout all of the training. And he gets deep into that, and he also really gets in-depth right off the bat talking about his recent match with Daniel McAbee, or McAbee. I'm not too sure, so I butchered it during the interview as well. So he goes really in-depth about the match, uh, just talks a lot about it, the whole experience and everything. And yeah, it's a lot of fun, and the detail he goes into is great. So I will warn you, there was a few audio glitches throughout. Um, the connection while he was driving to the show that night wasn't the best, but it's still, I cleaned it up the best I could, and I, I'm very happy with everything. So without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Derek Shaw. So this past weekend at DOA Portslandia, uh, well, by the time everyone's listening to this, it'll be maybe three weeks ago, you faced off with Daniel Maccabi, and I wanted to get your thoughts on the match because I was able to watch it on IWTV, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I guess the first question is, is that how you actually pronounce it? Because I've always said Maccabi. Maccabi? 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 So I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to get hit in the mouth for that. or. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I have to take my licks from him one day, I, I will. Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I totally read my my train of thought. Can you can you repeat it one more time? Tell me the question. <laughs> well, I wanted to get your yeah, thoughts on the name. <laughs> get your thoughts on the uh, the match at DOA Port Slam deal with Daniel Maccabee. Oh yes. Um, oh man, everyone's got dream matches. This was definitely one of mine, mm-hmm. and. Even after the match, uh, I ran up to the to the booker and promoter and was like, "Hey, that was probably one of the most fun matches I've ever had. It was tough. We beat the crap out of each other, uh, and I never learned so much in a ten minute match. I think mm-hmm. we went like eleven and." I retained all of it. I was excited for everything I learned and I look forward to implementing everything that I learned. And it was like, it was like little, like little bubbles were floating around full of information. And so many of them were just popping and just raining down on me. Like all these things started making sense. I was making connections that I hadn't made before. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is just one match with one person. 
And it's all coming from this guy. And then the whole wrestling genius, everything started clicking. Like, maybe this is why. <laughs> this guy, he's not only is he very creative, uh, he's thorough, he's detailed, and a lot like how I was trained when he when he operates, he attacks 100%. Like, there is no holding back. Mm-hmm. It's This is what you get, and you're going to have to deal with it. There's when, there's no real compromise, and I like that. When you have something like that, it almost adds another level of realism to it because mm-hmm. nowadays you can see so much of it being uh, all, not choreographed, but waiting for the next moment. But when you have that going full on 100%, it just adds another level to it. Yeah, and just, just keeping in mind, like, I've seen him wrestle – a small handful of times like in person and I've seen a few of the matches mm-hmm. so I know like kind of like what he likes to do and just with that in mind my my general like training and workout routine completely changed because I'd never worked someone like this mm-hmm. and so almost 60% of my routine changed to just stretching <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm like this guy loves to bend people. Like he does like the cow mutilation where your arms are pulled all the way back behind you to it's it is he put me in it and thankfully we were way too close to the ropes because it felt like my shoulders were going to pop. Mm-hmm. And that's even with stretching for weeks and weeks knowing that I don't have the most flexibility but I wanted to not make anything he put me in unbearable yeah that move is kind of unbearable (laughs) (laughs) oh god but it was stuff like that like uh his style is it's weird so we're i'm not gonna say we're opposites but how we operate in the ring we're kind of opposites so i'm extremely reactionary defensive i'm not super offensive Mm -hmm. i wait until things happen and then I counter. And my whole thing is I need to get in close and grab you. And if I do, it's like you just boarded a flight because I'm just going to throw you around everywhere. Just crash landing all over the place. Yeah. Um, however, him being the genius that he is, he knows that if as long as I've got reach, I have an advantage. So anytime... I went to go reach for something. He would pull me in like a Muay Thai grip. So I couldn't, I couldn't get my arms around or I couldn't hook anything. Mm-hmm. And even if I did, he's got like five different holds to help prevent him from getting thrown or from, from me fully grabbing on to anything, even like a little waist lock. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, I've, I've seen like four or five different reversals for a waist lock. And, and he threw in two more that I'd never heard of. Like goodness, it's like the man's got counter for counter for counter. Well, it's um, it's funny because you with what you mentioned, you know, like being able to get in close, get a hold of him, and that 
that ties into like one of the moments in that match that really stood out to me. It's when you had the you locked in a front face lock, did the gator roll, followed oh, by yeah. the double underhook suplex, and like that little segment right there, that was just incredible to see like how it all came together. And then right after there was a pinfall attempt, you uh, did like the arm and leg exploder suplex, and it's just like it was a perfect mm-hmm. encapsulation right there with that moment. Yeah, and it and it was because it's all the things like I'm I'm trying to hook them early because like I like to target middle body because if I can take out your center of mass, one kicking out is going to be a chore, mm-hmm. and you're much less likely to want to do it. <laughs> but but also your center mass controls breathing. Um, and if your breathing is affected, that means your thinking ability is also affected because now you're more worried about why you're having a hard time breathing and focusing. Mm-hmm. So like every, just like, just like him, everything I do has a plan. I'm not just doing stuff because I can or because I want to, or because I'm bored. I have a reason for it. So I go for it. And <clears throat> just like the match with Ethan, the explorer on the outside, I tried to hit Mikabe with it. Because he gave up the foot, so I pulled him in for it. So I could throw him right back in the corner. Mm-hmm. But again, he, he and this is he. There were so many firsts. I've never had someone dig their elbow into my ear, <laughs> and that was probably the most uncomfortable feeling I'd ever felt. <laughs> and I I never wanted to just let go of anything so bad because I've got like a wrestler grip and I'm used to putting people in cradles mm-hmm. and I had that gripped on him. So I had the leg hooked and behind the head and I had him, he was, he was quite literally dead to rights. Like I, there was no way of him getting out of this until the elbow came into play. And it was like, my hands were just like, Nope, Nope, we're done. <laughs> And it was like it's stuff. It's stuff like this. Like, like when I say we had an um, an eleven minute match, and I learned everything in such a short amount of time. I'm serious. Like, this has never happened to me. Before. I'm putting all these little things in the bank. So if time ever comes, like if I get put in a, in a exploder or a capture, I'm gonna put my elbow in someone's ear. Just saying, yeah. I'm gonna protect myself. <laughs> but it's 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 all these things like. I'm working to this. He says, no, I'm still going to keep working to it. He says, no. And eventually I'll wear him down enough that I can get the upper hand. And it's it's like you said, I finally get to hit these, my, my, my favorite things. And everyone's there for me. I'm still going for it. And I'm still, I'm all the while. I'm still trying to brainstorm. Cause I know if he kicks out, I got to do something else. Cause that didn't work, mm-hmm. but it's, Man, being on my toes for the entire match, it was fun because, like, I love that stuff. Like, I've always thrived under pressure, and I could feel, I could feel myself the entire match, like, almost growing. Because I'm like, okay, what do we gotta do next? What's next? What, mm-hmm. what, what, what else can I do? That this guy, as soon as I grab him, he's doing something. So I have to pay attention. And that struggle was so great for me because his technical background mixed with 
because mine is mostly wrestling because yeah. I have I have a lot of sports background but I did a lot of wrestling and boxing um but his is his is more um not debilitating disabling I guess yeah where you have something and now you don't because mm-hmm. now he's in control and his his background mixed with mine I loved it because like you said it I don't I don't care for that's eh, not true it's not true at all I like what a lot of people consider to be sloppier matches because that real struggle is what we had yeah it wasn't it wasn't very pretty and I loved it I'd ne- I would never change anything about that match even if I had the opportunity to redo it I wouldn't because I loved it. We had real struggle because we were both doing our thing. He was the wrestling genius, and I, I'm trying to be the young lion. I'm trying to take this guy down. <clears throat> like, what I really liked was, you know, it's you had different styles starting off, you know, with what you mentioned, you know. Normally, sometimes you go to a show and you, you have, you know, the fast-paced high-flying match to kick things off, getting the crowd into it. But even hearing some of the fans online talk about it, like this was the match they were looking forward to. They were hyped for it. They weren't going to miss the the opening match. They wanted to be there for it. And having your two styles combined for that match and the way it just, it, it, it was money in the ring and the crowd was hyped for the, for the entire thing. Like I was wanting more afterwards, you know, like you guys went 11 minutes and I was like, Hey, I'd take, you know, five, 10 more minutes. This, it was, it just, it worked. It flowed well. And it was uh, the contrast, the story you guys were able to tell in that match. It it was perfect for, for that, for that night. I agree. And I, I was actually pretty glad um, that we were, I love being able to start shows. I, I love it. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of either setting the tone or turning it up, and I don't have to do that by going a million miles an hour or doing a ton of aerial stuff, which I'm super thankful for. Because at least, like at DOA, the fans are very easy. Uh, I can take them with me no matter what I do. Yeah, and I love that about them. Uh, because that that also tells me that they're invested in what I have to offer. And I I really enjoyed that we got to start because it was like a it was a it was like a good welcome back. We've missed you because the fans were very excited to see him again because it's yeah. been a long time. Uh he'd been he's been gone for a while like I think uh he was scheduled to make an appearance late last year uh, but an injury had him sidelined and being able to come back familiar faces uh, familiar faces but also a mostly different house because DOA has changed a lot Mm -hmm. and definitely definitely for the good way for the better Um, we have a ton a ton of homegrown talent um because even even this year and near the end of last year, we were starting to sell out all the tickets standing room only 
while only bringing in maybe one or two people. And there was one show we did with zero fly-ins, all regulars and or all locals mm-hmm. and still sold it out. And that show was intense. So it's like we're our our fan base is fully invested. They believe in the product. They're believing in in not just us regulars and us local guys, but even our students. Because our students are totally kicking ass right now. And they're they're not they're not showing any signs of backing off or losing progression, which is absolutely key, and that's money. And that's something that I dig in, I drill into them uh, week in and week out mm-hmm. is to never let up on the gas ever. Uh, even if you're, even if you're tired, you're not allowed to save it for your Monday through Friday because the weekends the people need you. That's what yeah. you're there for. <clears throat> after, and, or go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to oh, no, ask was, after, after, after your match with Daniel, uh, what sort of feedback you got from him about it? Uh, our interaction was was pretty brief, mm-hmm. and it was it was very positive. And I looked at him from across the room, and I just kind of like I smiled, <laughs> and I I did one I did one of these, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Huh? We're we're gonna do this again because I would love to. Yeah, and he goes, "Yeah, bud." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna run it back. I don't care where or how many times, please." Because I was like, "I'll happily come up to Canada in your home, and then we'll see just how different it is because you'll get a much better reaction at home." Because <laughs> and that was great too. That was like. Oh my gosh, that was probably my favorite part <laughs> of the entire match. Um, was because, like, like I said, like I don't have to do a ton of aerial stuff or a hundred different moves. I I pay very very close attention to the people and how they're reacting, and I even listen for conversations, even while I'm doing stuff, because I want to hear. Where their where their attention span is, what they're even talking about, are they invested? Do they give yeah. a crap about what we're doing? Um, and countless times, and even and it was reconfirmed at intermission uh, when I'm at the merch tables and online during and after the match. Uh, people were so torn on who to cheer for and who to boo. <laughs> And the, my favorite part was the resounding, we're not booing anybody. We're just going to cheer both guys because we yeah. missed him, but we love him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was doing a few dastardly things. But even then, I mean, technically, so did I, because we're both trying to win. Exactly. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Um. I wanted uh, that was, to. That was easily my favorite part. I like. I love the match. I, I'm very glad that I was able to watch it. And then even this morning, I was kind of just going over a few of the things, like rewinding, rewatching stuff, just to make sure, like, I laid it out right. And it was a very enjoyable match. Like, it was a lot of fun. I love that we're able to get stuff like that on local shows that we go to. You know, so. Yeah, thank God it was a struggle. Like we'd never had um, 
Like, we didn't have Fight TV. Well, I think we did at first. And then, but even then, like, that took an exceptionally long time. And then IWTV, we got blessed with that. And now, I think after that show, we were, I don't know if we were trending. Oh, no, we were featured. We were, like, at the home screen as a featured show. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're all going crazy. Like, we're doing something right. And it's... It's everyone involved. It's it's everyone from like all the camera. Like I think the camera people endlessly day in and day out. I do whatever I can for them because at the end of the day, if they're not there, we're nobody. We mm-hmm. might as well have just stayed home. And I don't think enough people understand that the camera people, uh, both uh, roaming and still. So all the still shots, all the cool angles that you get. If they're not there and they're not camera one, camera twoing your whole match, you could just stay home because no one's going to know. But now they're they're letting us be known. They're capturing all these gifts and all these moments and all these still shots. And I I I'm sure people do say thank you a lot, but I I still don't see enough camera people getting credit for, for their hard work. Because it's not like I can control the angles. I can't be like, oh, hey, I'm about to do something. So can you move over there? Maybe take a knee, get this up at an angle shot. Like, no, they already know because they're that good at their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, They're one of the small pieces that I think sometimes gets overlooked when it comes to like independent wrestling and the production that goes into it you know the that the commentary even the sound guys all the littler things that you might not think of that play a huge role in it yeah 100 percent 100 percent i wanted to ask about your training down at folly dojo um i was fortunate enough last year year and a half ago uh twice i was I actually had tony Kazina on and he you know talked stories and just you know oh, t- wow. told us about the training down there and to actually have you on who participated in that that was a huge thing for me just to get sort of the other side of it what was it that drew you to folly dojo i mean you're packing up and moving to new zealand Whew. um this is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> originally I was, I was still out here. I was in Portland. Uh, and at the time I was wrestling a lot, like every weekend was wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was gaining, I was gaining traction and I was gaining popularity. And <clears throat> um, I was, Kazina, and after the match, he thanked me. He's like, "Hey, um, thank you for keeping me safe." Like he'd been driving a lot too, so he was like kind of stiff. Um, he had he had he had enough time to like stretch out and like do a little workout before the match. Um, but I mean, all this driving, like. I've, I've done a lot of the drives too it's different like even when you've had time to stretch and work out body still acts weird when you've been in a car for x amount of hours yeah um 
And after the match, he thanked me. Like, hey, he kept me safe. Thank you. Uh, uh, I feel like we both looked really good out there. And you listened really well. So thank you for that. Um, and then he asked me if if having seeking higher training was something that I was in, interested in. I was like, well, yeah, like that's, I love training and I always want to be better. So yeah, that's always something that I'm looking forward to. Because uh, at the time, uh, Dr. Luther, who's, he's now in, a, well, he's been there in AEW. He was one of the tra head trainers out here as well in a different, he was in Salem and I'm in Portland. It's about an hour away. Yeah. Um, but he was helping train down there. And so sometime about, about once a month, I'd, I'd go down there and train with them. And <clears throat> he was like, well, if you're interested and if you have the means, don't answer right now. But I, I'm extending the hand to you to come out and train with me. And I assumed that meant Canada. Because that's where I knew he was from. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I was like, well, I don't have a passport yet, so I can't really come up there. And he's like, we're up there, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> you're talking about Canada, right? I was like, no, I'm going back to New Zealand. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> you're going where? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you coming out to the Fale Dojo with me and training with us. And I was like, I know you just said don't answer right now, but that's a no. I, I can't, I had, do not have the money for that. Uh, and at the, I didn't say this, but at the time, I didn't want anything to do with New Japan or Strong Style because I've seen those matches and they terrified me. Mm hmm I was like, these guys are literally destroying each other. They're not playing patty cake. They're not choreographing it step by step. They're killing each other. <laughs> they're blasting their heads off and they're laughing about it. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I, I don't want this. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, it's. He's like, I know you're saying no now, but about it. Talk to your trainer. Because him and my trainer were friends, or they still are. They're, they're buddies. Um, they go way back to like when they both first started. They know each other very well, He and he knows Doc very well. Um, and one of the times I went down to Salem, uh, I talked to Doc about it. And he was like, oh, you're going to train with Kazima? Yeah, you better get your ass out there, man. You guys are going to have a killer time. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, of course you'd say that. You guys are buddies. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't take it with a grain of salt, like, cause I, I really respect Dr. Luther. I think he just goes by Luther now. Um, really respect him. He, he trained us very hard and it was extremely beneficial to the point where his training was different than what I was getting because when I reflected on it, the tra training that he had and like the warmups and what, what he had his students doing was actually an abridged version of what the dojo had us do, which okay. was great because I, I kind of, I, I knew a very small window of what I was getting into. Um, but I did get my passport anyways, while still not really sure I wanted to go, but him, him offering me to come out 
kind of jump started. You need your passport anyways because you want to go to Mexico for your birthday. That didn't happen. But um, I talked to my boss and I was like, hey, can I, I know I'm not hurt, but is there a way that I can take three months off and still come back? And he goes, well, let me get back to you. Because he, my boss also liked wrestling. So <laughs> he knew what I was asking. Yeah. But I was also the only person at the job who, <clears throat> for, I wasn't like, at the time I was a mechanic. So I worked on like semi trailers. And at the time, I was the only one in our shipping and receiving. And I knew all of our vendors. I knew all the locations. I knew all the phone numbers. And it's one of those jobs where one person does it and, and that's it. Everyone else is clueless. So, unfortunately, I was that person. And so I kind of had to teach somebody because they were like, well, here, if this does work out, uh, and I'm able to get you out, at least start teaching this guy, like, what you do in here. I'm like, oh, that's easy. Um, and so I came back the next day, and he's like, well, I can't just have you leave. We can exhaust two weeks of your vacation. Well, I, no, I had three at the time, so I didn't use all of it. Like, we, we can exhaust your three weeks. That's almost a month. Um, we can use up your five sick days <laughs> that you have left. <laughs> and he's like, but here's the deal, man. What we'll do, because he knew that my cut my my leave date was February 6th to get there on time. Um, and this was in July. So July 2019, I said yes to to Tony, I was like, you know what? I'll I'll go for it. Give me dates, times where you need me, and I'll I'll figure it out because I just got my passport, and I'm gonna circle back to this in a second too because I'll go back to the New Japan stuff. Um, <clears throat> but the boss was like, what we can do is, since we're not we don't we're not hiring right now, we can leave your stuff here. And when you come back, just come, you'll, because it's paperwork, you'll have to reapply. Um, we'll say that you went through the the interview stuff because your stuff's already here. Mm-hmm. Um, and blah, blah, blah. So he made that work. Um, circling. One of the reasons that I was like more okay and like kind of convincing myself that I that I could handle the new Japan training is I I'd studied a guy named Gary Albright for a long time. And I also he was like a huge Japan guy. Uh, he was full on shoot wrestler, huge guy, um, extremely good from Nebraska, which I'm also from Nebraska. Um, and one of my other big time favorites, 
was Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy. Mm-hmm. Gordy being probably my number one. And realizing that all three of these guys spent a ton of time in Japan, made the most money in Japan, were extremely over in Japan. Mm-hmm. I started watching their, their matches even more closely. I'm like, yeah, these guys are beating the crap out of each other mercilessly and smiling. So they're obviously having a good time. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I'll have a good time. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, these guys are big. Because at the time, I was... I was... I think 278, 278 pounds. Okay. So I was, I was a lot bigger because I was powerlifting then and I still wasn't eating the best. I just wanted to lift really heavy stuff. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> uh, for me, that played into my my suplexing role where I can just throw anybody. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, this will work because I I wrestled just like Gary Albright and um, I carry myself like Hanson and Gordy. Like my finish was the Lariat. It was just like a, like a JBL style. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm, with that in mind at the time at, at work we were we weren't allowed to have overtime but my boss made an exception for me because he knew the only way I was going to be able to afford this flight and to pay for room and board was to get overtime he's like don't go crazy Maybe like an hour or two a day, but please don't go over that. Yeah. Don't worry. And we had to like keep track of everything we were doing anyways on paper. He was like, it needs to make sense. So if you're if you're in shipping and doing making all these pallets and whatnot, then you need to put that down. Like, well, that's what I do anyways, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm doing this, but consequently because I'm now because I was working Sunday through Thursday. My shift then changed to Sunday through Friday. And because of that, I was I had to start missing training because I was working to save to go to a different training. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, my trainer, he understood because he helped facilitate the whole thing. Because he told me after I'd agreed to going that that was exactly what he was hoping for. He was hoping and praying that me and Tony would have a good match and that Tony would feel confident enough to offer for you to come out. And I was hoping without saying, without telling you to do it, because you need to make your own decisions, that you would say yes and that you would do what you needed to do to go out there. Yeah. So even to the, even to this day, like I've been, I've been back for three years, I still thank my trainer on a daily basis, almost daily, <clears throat> for even putting this match together and considering me um, for such an opportunity. And uh, me getting out there 
was man, it was it was such a shock. Um because I I did not I didn't I mean I can I'll tell you I did not train the way I should have in order to make my transition over there easier. Mm-hmm. If anything, I probably made it worse. Really? Um, yeah, because they because Tony was nice enough to tell me, "Hey, start doing hundred squats a day, and then move that to two, then move that to three. What you need to do is you need to start making five hundred squats every day, easy." Like when you when you when you start doing them, you're like, okay, five, we can do this, and then just do five hundred. Yeah. <clears throat> and I never did that. There was only like from all of July all the way until February sixth. I think I maybe did <clears throat> maybe six hundred squats in total. Oh wow. Yeah, mostly because I hadn't accepted that I was leaving and it still wasn't real yet Mm -hmm. to me. And I was putting way too much confidence in my ability to wrestle as opposed to my conditioning, which I knew was not my cardio, which I knew was not up to par at all. But I knew my in-ring cardio, because they're very, very different. Mm Mm-hmm. I knew my in-ring cardio was fine because I can go. I've done 40-minute matches even at my heaviest weight. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, like, it's the same thing I tell the trainees. Anyone can get on a, on a treadmill and do 10 miles. Not a lot of people can run the ropes for two minutes. Mm-hmm. They're extremely different. And when you're on a cart, when you're on a treadmill, you don't have people throwing kicks at you knocking you down, picking you back up and throwing you and you don't have something constantly hitting your back. Yeah. While you're, while you're running they're they're very different. Um, but I get, I get out there and thankfully I was a couple days early cause I also was not fully aware of the time zone difference. Because they're like they're almost a day ahead. Okay. Well, they are. They're over a day ahead. I, I want to. They're. I think they're twenty nine hours ahead. I think. Okay. I believe. I believe. I believe so. Um. And uh, getting there early. It was probably the best decision I'd ever made because I got to see what some of their classes were like to the public. And I'm like, well, if if they're doing this with the public, I'm sure we're probably doing something very similar. Mm -hmm. That was true to a point, but they also didn't try to kill their public. (laughs) 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 Whereas um, the sign on the door very, very specifically says military style boot camp, professional wrestling, boxing, kickboxing classes. Mm -hmm. That is what it says with the big outline of 
It's on the got two or three signs of it posted. And was a lot of like circuit training and i was like okay this i can i keep up this even again even at my weight yeah <clears throat> uh that was not accurate <laughs> <laughs> because i the the one thing that i was able to excel in was mat wrestling for the longest for like the first i think five or six weeks uh, because we did not get in the ring for about five weeks. Mm -hmm. the, the only time we did was to do some bumps and rolls, and then you get out. Because we all had to not necessarily like earn our way to the ring, but they didn't want us in the ring if we weren't conditioned. Yeah. That was the uh, location now uh fun fact they're in the house that his mom and dad probably's mom and dad lived in Oh wow! And while I was still there, we helped demo the whole like inside of it, uh, the outside, and rebuild the whole house from the ground up. And I got to be part of that, and I have like a ton of video and stuff from it because I was having such a good time. <laughs> I was like, look at all this! Look at what we're doing! <laughs> I didn't realize that I was helping build the living quarters for the for the future graduates i had mm -hmm. no idea <laughs> so like i feel super honored to have done that and it's great i feel i feel amazing about that um but like the training was it was grueling because like i said like most of at the gym it was a lot of powerlifting stuff so lifting heavy i'm not working out for hours like bodybuilders and sculptors are mm -hmm. i'm maybe in for about an hour and a half and that's it and then i go home yeah um because i just work till exhaustion and then scoop but because of that and it's it's very team oriented uh if you're dragging your team behind they have to wait for you yeah and if you hold them up too much, well, there's going to be problems. And for, for I think, the first four or five weeks, uh, doing push-ups was very, very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. um, because we had to do a certain style, and they were called lion push-ups. I'd never done these before. I'd never even heard of them. Uh, they're similar to, like, like a rocket push-up or like a Hindu push-up. They're very similar, but a little different. Um, and for some reason, I couldn't connect the dots on how to do these for weeks. So I kind of just struggled through them. Eventually would get them done. Um, 
But the whole time, like the whole class would be done and they're just waiting on me. They have to hold the position. You don't just get done, stand up. Okay, what's next? Everyone waits for everybody. Yeah. Um, and even like training through the squats. Oh, side note, when I when I got there, um, I was the oldest wrestler by an average of 10 years. Oh, wow. So <laughs> there's that. I was the I was the oldest wrestler. Uh, I was the second largest, and I I think I'd had maybe the second or third most training, coupled okay. with the most matches. Um, but everyone else was like. Young, fit, visibly muscular, like in significantly better shape than me. Mm -hmm. um, which for a while, like, really messed with me. Because um, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to keep up with these guys, like, my competition here. Because I viewed everybody as competition because we're, we're not just there to, to train and look good and say, oh, yeah, we went to the dojo. Like, we were all buying for a spot for New Japan to consider us and to offer us a one-year contract to then go to Japan, live in Japan, and do the whole thing all over again their way for a full year. That was why we went. It wasn't just to say, oh, I went to the dojo and I did it. So cool. Yeah. Is to ease in into becoming a young boy and going through the new Japan process. <clears throat> so the whole, the whole point of their training and the drilling and the way it's set up is so when you do go to Japan, nothing is a surprise. Mm -hmm. You already know what you're doing. You, you hear the commands, you hear the cues, you know what the pushups are, you know, the squats, you know, the, you know, the right phrases, you know how to interact with people, you know how to uh, approach uh, your teachers, your senseis, everybody. So they don't. So the less they have to train you and teach you, you're already off to a huge head start. They're really laying the groundwork for you, so that if you did go, you were already set with to know what to expect heading into it. Yes. Yeah. And that that's the whole point, and that's why our training was so rigorous and more or less. <clears throat> I'm going to use the word militant, uh, even though I'm sure some people will be like, oh, militant, oh, might get a little up in arms about that. I don't care, because that, that's how it was. And I loved it, honestly. That's that's how I learned that, that, that intense discipline, that in your face, are you going to quit? Are you going to get up? Or what are you going to do? Like, it's fight or flight. You're either gonna do or you're or you're not. It's it's literally that simple. Train or don't. Yeah. Do you, you want to do the? So why? <clears throat> Which sadly, there were people that did that. Mm -hmm. um, there were there was a guy that was there for I think two days and flew back home in the middle of the night. 
because it was too much. It was too much for him. Yeah, it's it's not for everyone. Yeah, and sadly, I think that was that was kind of his mind frame. Is he because he even told me like this is going to be a wake up call. Either I want it bad enough uh, that I'm willing to outwork all these guys who are younger than me, or maybe I didn't have it in me this whole time. Mm-hmm. At least that's what he said. I mean, be- because we were we were we are very close still. There was more to it, and it's kind of unfortunate that, I mean, he wasn't talking about what was going on in his life. So he, the timing was off. He probably shouldn't have come out at that time in his life. Yeah. At a later time, he'd probably be in Japan, And if I'm being honest, because he is, he is very good. He's a personal trainer. He's a professional powerlifter. He's disciplined. He knows how to work. He's not dumb. He's also a former black and brave graduate. So he he knows what he's doing. But I guess he just wasn't ready. Like that was just bad timing. Um but the training the training was very, very tough. Uh granted, I I kind of played the I, I'm having a hard time with figuring out my my words. I don't want to say this. Uh, I'll just I'll just throw it out there. So for a, for a while, I got tired of like playing the victim, and by that I mean like, ah, oh, this is just this is too hard. There's not enough time to recover. Mm-hmm. Which the more I think about it, <laughs> there kind of wasn't. Because. <laughs> <laughs> We it wasn't just wake up, <clears throat> do your training, and then you're done for the day. We were literally training four or five times a day, six days a week. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of time to recover. Not at all. No. And the first portion, the first portion of the day, you your training starts at <clears throat> at seven a.m. and gets done at two. And that includes waking up, doing your chores, cleaning the dojo, yep. doing your stretches, going for your run, coming back, and then doing all the everything you got to do after that. Which, by the way, is a thousand squats every single morning, minimum, minimum. Oh. And that, and again, because I'm not the most, I wasn't the most in shape. Uh, I did have the discipline to like not quit, not give up. Um, my body, however, didn't believe me, but that was something that I had to like fix. And I learned to fix it because after a while, your body has to listen to what your brain is telling you. Yeah. And that's something that I try to tell everybody is like, it's okay to be tired. It's not okay to stop. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to tell myself day in and day out. Like you can be tired, but don't stop moving. And one of the one of the biggest things that like kind of helped me get through my my poor me phase if you will um was the same thing that i drill into the students and that's figure out what you're really really good at even if it's just one thing maybe it's four or five yeah take those things and blow them out of the water so i knew 
I knew that every day I was going to struggle through the cardio, the through the morning runs. I knew that the squats were going to be difficult. I knew that the push-ups were going to be difficult. Um, I knew all the burpees and all the, the weird rugby drills that we would do. I knew all of this was going to suck, but I was still going to get through it after we, uh, before it's all said and done. But as soon as it came to takedowns and the wrestling drills, it's almost like I was a transformer and I just turned into somebody different. <laughs> I could be, I could be dead on my feet, pale face, completely dripping in sweat from head to toe, almost ready to vomit. And then as soon as they're like, okay, I need two in the middle. I knew we were doing wrestling drills and I was always first. Yeah. Always. Because I knew this is when I get to shine and no one else can take it away from me. And that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I knew that all these young guys were going to do, were going to out cardio me. They were going to out squat me, out push up me. But none of them were going to out wrestle me, and none of them did. So that was like my one thing that I claimed. I, I ran with it, and I made sure that they knew that this was mine. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it came to wrestling time. You guys are done. Mm-hmm. Not waiting for me. Now I get to wait for you. And at one point, the squats we were all able to get through without stopping. And step one. To, you're basically pulling all your numbers and so it's also a um, a process in learning how to breathe because like even in matches you're you're running and a lot of the times people get blown up and just completely winded just doing that mm-hmm. and that was part of why we did what we did so you're counting very loudly while you're working out because you're also teaching yourself how to breathe at the same exact time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the squats became easier. And even when we had to like restart, because if you lose track of what number you're on or you fumble the number or you're not counting loud enough um, or people aren't squatting low enough, you start over. And there were plenty of times where we get to like 720 and I wouldn't be squatting far enough because my legs are cramping up or I'm losing vision because I'm getting lightheaded and I can't keep up or whatever the case may be. And we'd have to start over. There was a time where they were going to take it easy on us because we had more wrestling drills that they wanted us to do. They were like, okay, guys, this morning it's only 500, but they better be perfect. Yeah. And I think we got to like 460 or 470. I remember we were so close and I was the one counting and I forgot what the number was. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So instead of starting over, it went back to a thousand start over. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You can tell. 
you can feel all the side eyes and the anger in the room. You were the most popular person there that day, weren't you? Oh yeah, dude. Everyone loved me. <laughs> this was this was like right when I was like just getting better and more conditioned for the squats. Like after that, I didn't Because after I'm still talking here too, he lives in New York. Um, I was like, "Hey, I know you're probably mad at me." He wasn't. He was like, "No, because I'm fluent in a lot of language, and they so they other people to count and to respond and do everything instead." So I was like, okay, well, from now on, every morning when we go on our runs, I'm going to go with you and we're going to count because I need to stop messing this up because I know you guys are getting upset. And I like, I apologize all the time because uh, I have no problem like admitting where I'm wrong yeah. or if I mess up. Hey, sorry, guys, this is on me. Um, and <clears throat> Coming in like not as conditioned as I should have been because I had more than enough time. I had ample time yeah. to be ready, and I kind of I psyched myself up because I also wasn't one hundred percent in, and that was again that that is my fault, <clears throat> and I put too much faith. In different stuff that I'd never done before because they do it a different style they do it a different way mm -hmm. so in a sense like I came in with like the supreme level of confidence for that to be replaced with you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> it, it was quite the wake-up call as soon as you stepped foot there eh? Yes, 1,000%. Because as soon as I realized, because they, they ride on this little dry erase board, like what we're doing, like every morning I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's getting worse. <laughs> there's more? What do you mean there's more? <laughs> it's like, I don't know what these things are. <laughs> um, but like it was, it was exceptionally hard until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because it's one of those things. It's like, it's like when you're in school and everything's it doesn't make sense, and then just randomly one morning you wake up and everything makes sense. It all just clicks. Yeah, like it. I was doing lion pushups easily, and I was keeping pace. Uh, the squats we were all, all getting through like no mess ups. We weren't doing. We didn't have to start over for a couple of months actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, even the, the morning runs, um, I was keeping up like my, my goal, even on the runs, like knowing that my cardio was terrible, like my goal was don't ever be last, yeah. just don't be last. And I never was even at, even at my size and my lack of ability to breathe. I was still not last ever. Um, I feel like like when I was there, 
we had a lot that was lined up for us. Uh, there was like CEOs from New Japan were were scheduled to show up. Okada was supposed to show up. Jay White, um, um, Ishii show up. <clears throat> I they had AJ Styles on the plan, but that was if his schedule would allow it. Mm-hmm. But COVID had other plans for everybody. Yeah. So we got out there and I think it only took about a month and then it was like global lockdowns. You stayed. So it there. was really unfortunate because the I did by yeah. choice. Yeah. I could have come back like everyone else. Because we had a class of I think 13 people. And with the exception of the one guy that left pretty early, um, all the Americans except for one, except for me and the guy from New York, they all left. Uh, All the Australians went back home. And so we went from a class of 13 to about four, four, Mm -hmm. five. And I stayed because, again, like, I was like, I already paid for all this. Why would I throw it away? Yeah. None of that makes sense. I I missed a lot of, like, weekend things. I missed parties. I missed, um, I missed a lot of stuff because I was working my ass off just to make this happen. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to allow, I'm not allowing any of this, uh, which is also why I stayed for as long as I did. Because uh, it was, there are three month classes, three month courses. Um, so, but when, once the lockdowns happened, <clears throat> New Zealand sent out a thing, like I got an email for it. They were uh, extending everyone's visas in depth okay because they didn't know how long we were all going to be stuck mm-hmm. <clears throat> um like i said i could have left whenever i wanted because being a u.s citizen uh they couldn't refuse taking me mm-hmm. i just have to go do the the quarantine routine that they had drawn up for everybody <clears throat> um but like I said, I didn't want to do that. Um, <clears throat> which is, man, be, be, because of, and COVID changed my entire class course. It was wild. So because of it, and because I chose to stay, I then had to figure out how I was going to, still afford groceries and pay for my room and board because I'm there for another intake. So I'm there for another three months. Yeah. Uh, And because near the end of the first intake, I was leading the classes. So like I was the one starting off the the squats. I was the one uh, saying, okay, guys, get ready. We got to go for our jog. Um, I was basically like a student in charge, essentially. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and because of that, like I, I bumped it up a notch. And the night classes, because like I was saying, we were training a lot throughout the day, two to three times even. Um, at one point, they they needed a door person because they had to keep they had a, I think protocol at the time was you had to write everyone's contact information that came in, like first name, last name, what time they came in, what time they left, um, uh, where they were from, mm-hmm. and they had to sign it. It was, it was some, I don't think it was called COVID tracing, but it was some kind of like bookkeeping. So if someone did get sick, they could refer back to everything. Yeah, it was like contact tracing. Um, yeah, that's the one, contact tracing. Um, so we were like, we were huge on all this stuff, like the the whole, the face mask, like gloves, even hand sanitizer was everywhere. Um, it was, it was big. And what they did is, since they knew that I was, I was trying to like build my funds and all of this, they actually put me in charge of this. They're like, okay. Um, and I became, uh, follows like personal chef. Okay. Cause you know, being an American, <laughs> I knew how to cook some pretty <laughs> darn good food. Um, <laughs> And um, not only was I his, his his cook, I was also like his chauffeur. So I had to learn how to drive on the opposite side of the road that I'm mm-hmm. used to and on the opposite side of the car, which was confusing. Mm-hmm. But I figured it out. It only took a week. <laughs> but it was weird. It was, it was still very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So that was how my, my was like my groceries were able to be covered because I was doing the dojo a massive favor by being their door guy and keeping track of all this stuff. So the guy who would normally do it, him and his wife, uh, they could keep doing like the work from home. Uh, they could keep working on like the financials they could keep on the the phone calls and the zoom calls with new japan and all the updates um it kept them working but not doing all the small tasks that needed to be handled in-house so mm-hmm. they gave it to me and in doing so um i got really close with the community and a lot of the regulars and the locals and it was cool because, like, I was a bigger guy. I have a lot of tattoos. I've got, like, one uh, tribal tattoo. Everybody thought that I was either American Samoa or Tongan mm-hmm. until I would speak. Then they're like, oh, you are not from here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great because... Because of my size, my skin tone, <clears throat> and all the tattoos, I got treated like I was a local. Mm-hmm. They didn't, in, they they do love like in New Zealand. They love Americans because they love hearing us talk, just like we love hearing them talk. 
Um, and they assume that all American accents are like a super deep Southern Texas accent. <laughs> I was like, it's great. I love it. I love you guys. <laughs> um, and uh, I got really close with the locals and it was great. Um, I also had a ton of people sign up to be members for the dojo and that helped the, jo- the dojo immensely mm-hmm. because a lot of that money was not only going towards like keeping the lights on, updating the gym equipment, getting a new ring eventually, um, getting um, better stuff inside to help keep the dojo like look alive, be vibrant. Um, the remainder besides bills and rent spaces and all of that stuff was going towards fixing and redoing the house that all the, that all the lions live in now. Yeah. So it was going towards the construction bill. <clears throat> I have to create a through my second intake nothing changed like I kept doing it because that was how I was able to pay for everything Um, Folly would cover my groceries as long as I was uh, doing his meals making sure that he was eating time Mm -hmm. and because he's your teacher He's your senpai. He's in charge of you. It's his gym, and he runs the place. <clears throat> you can't just walk up to him and be like, hey, uh, you can't have that coffee today. Stop it. <laughs> no. If he wants coffee, he's going to drink his coffee. <laughs> and the man loves his coffee, just like just like Tony does. Like They love their morning coffee. And the, it's stuff like that that, as a, as a young lion and as a young boy and being a dojo, you have to pick up on these things. Well, actually, you don't, but you should. Yeah. And so, like, it was never, it was never about like kissing ass or anything like that. But I would start because we went from all the cleaning was really easy to get done. To there are now four or five of us. And so we had to go much faster and still produce the same result, the same exact result, because the time frame never changed. Mm-hmm. So for, I think, three and a half months, I was getting up about an hour early and already starting the cleaning. And then either going back to bed for a half an hour, or like a little quick little power nap, or I would just stay up. Because I knew in the morning, it's still hard for everybody to get up because even though we've been doing it for months on end, we train so hard that you want to sleep. Yeah. Um, But again, like that was a role that I took on knowingly and never once complained about it because I knew the end result was going to be we didn't have to do extra squats because everything got done on time. Mm-hmm. and that's all there was to it and that's all I cared about I was like I just want to be able to get through this day and make sure that all of us 
can still get the same training and the right training without getting yelled at because someone forgot to wash one window. Yeah. Sacrificing a little bit of sleep just to make sure that you can make the rest of your day easier as you guys go. Yeah, because there there were even times where because we had a Fale's nephew, he was training with us, and there were a good handful of times where he just didn't want to get out of bed because he was also really young. He was like, I think at the time when I first got there, I think he was sixteen, mm-hmm. sixteen going on seventeen. Um. And maybe he might have been turning 16. I don't remember. I just remember he was young. He was taller than me and stronger than me. <laughs> and he was this young. Oh, my gosh. This kid was built different. But he was very, very young. Still growing, still learning. And getting out of bed was a chore for mm-hmm. him. He did not want to. And there were days where he didn't. And we'd be downstairs, we'd be doing everything, and he'd he'd come downstairs and Folly would look at us and be like, You guys know what needs to happen. So we'd go for our run, we'd come back, and we would do an endless amount of squats. Yeah. <clears throat> and for the most part, people it was really hard to like stay mad at people because like in his case, we get it because we were all that age. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, just afterwards, we, it was just like, Hey man, do you need help getting up in the morning? Like, what do we need to do? It wasn't ever, you're an asshole. We don't like you. There was, there was never the whole time I was there, there was never like a click or a rivalry or these two people are in it for themselves. It was extremely team based. Yeah. And I think that's something that, uh, that that was very cru- that was very crucial and very critical because without that it was basically a you versus me or us against the world type situation and it's really really hard to be successful in that with that kind of mind frame because then there's also an innate lack of trust which will always hinder growth and in a sport and in a job where you have to heavily rely on another person, you cannot think that way. You just can't be that way. <clears throat> um, uh, like, well, like with, with, with training here now, I mean, with DOA and stuff like that, are you noticing more of the, the team outlook at it? Or is it still more, hasn't quite gotten to that point yet? Um. Well, DOA has, they they run the shows. The the training is out in Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Oregon Pro Wrestling. That's where I like to go. I like to, I show up Mondays and Wednesdays. Those are the beginner classes because I love to teach. One yeah. of my dream jobs was actually being an English teacher. Um, and <clears throat> it's still, because they're all still very new, it's still... It's just about me. Mm-hmm. And to, to, through no fault of their own, I get it. And also to a certain extent, that's kind of a good thing because at least they're looking out for themselves, which will then slowly boost their, their confidence. And then you incorporate, okay, take this confidence and now share it with this person yeah. because that's your partner. 
teach them how you got to this level and we'll watch you and help guide your steps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that there's, they have uh, the school has students that are that are they are doing shows they are traveling and they are very team oriented which is amazing um i haven't seen a lot of like it's all about me a lot of selfish being i haven't uh i'm not looking for it however i'm mm-hmm. strictly trying to find the t- the team aspect because that that's more important to me than singling out one person. Yeah. Tool. Cause that behavior shows itself no matter what, like that's going to pop up and it, and when it does, it's pretty easy to spot for sure. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm glad that even, even people that don't come to the trainings uh, and like people on the shows, you can tell that there's, there is a lot of teamwork, uh, in their work or in their ability or how they talk to people. Have I, have I wrestled people who are selfish and don't really want to help or assist or train? Yes. And I think you're always going to run into that because I'm sure at some point I was probably like that. Do I remember that? No, not really, (laughs) (laughs) but I also don't doubt it because I feel like we're all there or we all get there. And when you do, Hopefully you snap out of it because it's yeah. like I said, it's not a very, it's not a very good place to be. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think that about covered that. Yeah, um, we'll have to wrap this up right away. But uh, for because this will be airing Sorry. end of April, do you have any upcoming shows in May that you can uh, people can look forward to seeing you at? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so May's going to be pretty fun. Uh, April's going to, the rest of this month, April, will be pretty fun. Uh, I'll be at, in Eugene for POW Pro Wrestling. I'll be back at DOA in North Portland. Um, I have a show up in Everett with Timber Pro. And I probably, I think I've, I've waited too long. Uh, to to say anything, but I'll be up at the Cinco de Mile for Defy in Tacoma. Uh, usually, when I go up there, it's I'm always helping, like ring crew stuff, uh, security detail, just whatever needs to be done. Um, and let's see, I think. Oh no, I did have I did have a California trip, but that one got canceled. <clears throat> Uh, I think one of the venues didn't work out, but mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, those are my those are my spots. Uh, Portland and Eugene for now, for sure. and then uh, Everett at the end of the month. And for those listening, where can they find you up on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both of them. You can either directly search Derek Shaw, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-S-H-A-W, or the at will be Mr. Derek Shaw, all one word. Derek, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. That was really fun. Thank you so much to Derek Shaw for joining me here on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check him out at some of those upcoming shows and make sure you watch for him. He's doing some great things out there. 
Thank you to him, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time, and I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GreenmakerPod, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Greenmaker Wrestling Podcast, email GreenmakerPodcast at gmail.com, um, up on all podcast streaming platforms. And you can also find me doing some streaming up on Love Wrestling. Uh, usually I'm up on the brunch on Sunday morning, so definitely check us out. But there is also so many other great shows up on there. So definitely check out their Twitter for the whole schedule. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.